I'm Cameron. I'm Ben. And I'm Evan. And we are Dads with Cars. Yeah, you know, I was actually, I was enjoying, I, I was, I had really gotten my go back to work groove on. What? Did yeah. you just use the word work and enjoying in the same you sentence? You said groove. No, I said was... I was enjoying my groove of going back to work, not the work itself. Okay, okay. You're close. That was still almost a positive statement. No, about no, work. no, no. I mean, we do a podcast <clears throat> about cars, and I took the opportunity of going back into the office to drive cars and have a commute and not go from desk in my house to kitchen and immediately after dealing with knuckleheads at work dealing with my family so i was like okay i'm gonna invest i'm gonna invest in you know hanging out listening to podcasts or music for 45 minutes on my drive home and just chilling out right nice. like use the car for what i used to use it for which is <laughs> an escape use the use the commute for what it's for yeah decompression yeah yeah. No, one around. nice thing from working from home is you don't like have, when you go into the bathroom. You're not going to find random penis scrubbers hanging out next to you. Well, I mean, I, my I, son does. I live don't know with about me. your hoe. But. No? <laughs> I mean, my son lives with me. I, you know, I live with all women, so I'm pretty safe from that. Yeah, you're not going to find anybody scrubbing penis. Well, yeah. if you do, if you do, you're going to either yeah, way. You're going to be worried about it. Yeah. A real problem. <laughs> Quite concerned. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Wednesday. Tell us about your quiet dishwasher, Ben. Yeah, what happened with the dishwasher? You, you, you two had such little faith in my ability. No, to, no, we didn't to fix this dishwasher. No. no, I just wasn't convinced that that was what was causing the the oh, noise. That's all. Yeah, because you're an expert in LG dishwashers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh no, I know. Yeah, what this, it's not. I know bad. what this problem is. I'm not going to tell him. But it's the stinky hose. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was cheese all inside the hose. <laughs> That wasn't really, was it? Did, did you scrub the house? Jesus Christ. I gave it to this guy. He uh-huh. said he was going to go to some office somewhere uh-huh. and scrub it clean. Yeah. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah, we have a sonic scrubber. Gotcha. Yeah. His name is. Yeah. He turns around and he's got like the turbo water jet in his hand. Yeah. He's like, I was just cleaning this for Ben. Yeah. He's like, I got this nice and clean. Do you mind taking this back to Ben? <laughs> I suspected that it was the thing called the circulation motor, which mm. is a... A motor attached to a pump, which pumps the water around the inside of the dishwasher. And I'd taken it out, got the part number, ordered a replacement, and then the replacement arrived. I put the replacement in, turned the dishwasher on. It's completely silent. Awesome. Um, not unlike my car that we talked about last week, mm. I actually made the dishwasher better during yeah. this whole process. Car, I, not so much. Car, not so much. But What's the latest on the car? Well, we'll get to that. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I fixed a bunch of other stuff on the dishwasher that had been nagging me. And, nice. And reinstalled it back into its hole. Yeah. In a better way than it was before. So, hole. Yeah. So then, because I'm curious, like in this way, I'm like, okay, well, what was actually wrong with this unit, right? This assembly that yeah. was making all that noise. You guys heard it, right? You must have heard it. So I didn't hear it. No, nope. really noisy. Like you could hear it throughout the whole house. We couldn't even put the dishwasher on at night because it would keep everybody awake. Oh my house. gosh! Yeah. Wow, that sucks. So I took it apart, and I took it apart further than I'd taken it apart before to clean it. And I managed to separate the pump part from the motor part. And inside the pump is an impeller, right? And I pulled the impeller off so that I was able to separate the entire pump housing from the motor. And then, lo and behold, you could see all of the corrosion on the spindle of the motor you can say dirty shaft it's okay (laughs) 
Rusty Shaft. <laughs> Rusty Pole. That's a good name, isn't it? Hi, what's your name? Rusty. Rusty Shaft. Hey, Rusty Shaft. <laughs> uh, That's the alternative, uh, um, you know, Cars movie. Yes. Yeah. Rusty Shaft <laughs> and Busted Impeller. Yeah. Um, so there is a, a, a seal around the shaft. Which is made keep, out. Of, keep talking. Yeah, which is made out of pathetic rubber, mm. which clearly um, failed. Um, gets all flappy and loose Oof. after the shaft has been turning. You are in. a sick bastard. <laughs> yeah. You can't just tell us what's happening, can you? No, because yeah. this would not. Be, that would not be entertaining, would it? So the shaft has been wiggling around <laughs> in the, inside the. Inside. We should go. You know, we should name this bit every night. Na- oh, it always goes this God. way. It's all. It's like. Sexy tech talk with yeah. Ben. <laughs> so it did occur to me that this go on. There wasn't enough lubrication <laughs> around the cheap loose rubber. Yeah, around the around the uh, the the cheap gusset of the yeah. rubber. The flap, a, the flappy gusset. Yeah, yeah. I so that's that why. It, so that's why it, there's water that leaks in, leaked right onto the spindle of the. Um, the motor, and that's just rust. It's yeah. just fucking corroded and rusted. I, I I put the spindle between my fingers and span it, and you could literally hear the motor going. Yeah, that's no good. And I'm like, again, guys, it's a fucking three cent part here. Just like make it, make the make the thing tighter around the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's an Asian dishwasher, <laughs> right? Jesus uh, Christ. So anyway, I mean, I'm an Asian dishwasher <laughs> when I'm not using the German dishwasher. So that was the cause, uh, which is insane. It's a two hundred dollar part, so I can uh, I can just assume that that's going to go wrong again in a year and a half, two yeah, years. Totally, totally. Um, could so easily be solved. Then, of course, I thought to myself, oh, now I know that I should take the good one out and you know and lube it all up with some. Uh, I can't remember what the stuff's called. It's the same stuff I use on coffee machines. Mm. But Wean all. It's basically, um, uh, it's like Vaseline, right? But it's food safe. Yeah. So, it, you know, you can use it on coffee machines. Right. And it lubricates the, the piston and stuff inside That's, the coffee uh, machine. What? Uh, it's, by, it's, it's made by Dow. It's like Dow 420 or something. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I thought it was like, what's the other stuff that... The Loctite stuff? Yeah, that's Loctite. That's also food safe. Yeah. 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 But... Yeah, I was like, I said that to Lindsay. I was like, should I, should I take it apart again and fix the root cause problem so that this doesn't happen again? And she was like, no, you're not taking it apart again. I was like, okay. <laughs> so how many times a day do you run dishes? Uh, probably once. So that that's an incredibly low mean time between failures, it is. right? It's like yeah. less than 700 yep. washes. Wait, yeah. you run your dishwasher every day? Yeah. We do wow. too. Really? Yeah. We have kids. and I have a kid. I run, I run my dishwasher maybe twice a week. Yeah, because your wife's never home piling one random dish that didn't ever have anything in it. In I, there. I fill it to the gills. Okay. No, just so you know. Well, uh, hey, you, uh, also, like, with the, with the, what's the home food preparation thing? Oh, Blue uh, Apron? Yeah. That kind of thing, whatever. Hello, Hello Fresh. Fresh. Hello Fresh. With Hello Fresh, when you have to use 19 different bowls oh, to yeah. like, make one sucks. dish, then, yeah. then it gets filled up pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. And it generally is just Charlie and I eating. Even when Karen's home, she'll like... You don't let her eat? 
No, no. I'll literally make dinner for Charlie and I, and Karen will have she's a plate. She's like, where are the Fritos? No, she'll, she'll have like <laughs> almonds and a piece of cheese. Yeah, right. she's like, where are the Fritos <laughs> and cheese? Hey, don't knock almonds and a piece of cheese. That's yeah. a solid meal right there. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's good for you. Yeah. Does the cheese come like individually wrapped like slices? No, she likes, oh, no, she doesn't like that. She likes the baby bells, you know? Oh, so it's court- kind of that, yeah. just in a, yeah. in a orb. When you said that, I was thinking like Kraft American cheese. You yeah, know? same same difference. Yeah, we don't, che- we cheese don't that you like can that. squirt in your mouth. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, there you go again, Ben. Oh, hey. squirty cheese. <laughs> I'm English and repressed. You, you know that by now. <laughs> Just let it out. <laughs> squirt it out. Um, okay, so we're done. Dishwasher's fixed. Cool. Yep. Yeah. On to the next one. Whatever that may be. The next dishwasher? No, the next you know household well, issue. Let's, let's talk about your next uh, your <laughs> your, next... your bigger dishwasher, your white goods item that yeah. you drive. My, yeah, my what? Well, that's what it really feels like now. You know, driving to work. Going. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, though, when I don't drive it like I normally drive it, it's amazing how much the uh, the uh, mileage goes up. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Not used to that. Yeah, used to it being you know hovering around the sort of fifteen miles per gallon. It's up there at twenty three right now. Oh, oh nice, <laughs> nice. So did you actually feel something physical happen on your way home on Sunday? Yeah. From the car gig? Really? Yeah, yeah. We went to Cars and Coffee, which we can talk about in a minute. But sure. on, the, on the way home, uh, you guys were saying, hey, let's go let's go home this way. I can't remember which way it was. And I was down for that. Car had felt great on the way uh, over the hill down to Santa Cruz uh, in the morning. I had it not in manual, but I had it in sport the whole time. It, was, it felt great. So I felt confident. And then um, we got split up at the light. So yeah. you were ahead... And then I think, I can't remember who was, was it with, I was with Cameron or I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I think you were there, Evan. I was with Jeff. We got split You were up. behind me. I was behind you. Yeah. And, we, and you and I got split up from, uh, from Cameron yeah. and Jeff, right? Yeah. So uh, well, I made the light and then there was like a minivan in front of me. And then the minivan went one way and I was like, oh, I can see you guys a good, I don't know, 100, 200 yards ahead of me. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to catch up. And I literally did the thing in auto, right? Where you just, not the kick down, but if you just press hard down on the accelerator, because it does have a kick down button, but I I never press that. Because huh. um, all you have to do is just kick down. All you have to do is press the accelerator down and it will drop down gears until it, it's accelerating, especially in sport. And I did that. And then the, it just, the engine just cut out. Whoa. Like it was a big thump. That's like, 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 the trans- like, like no power. You didn't move forward. No, I mean, we're accelerating. And then it just went bang, like there was a like a thump, ooh, and the transmission light came on the dash, and it was just you know freaking out, scary. Yeah, all the all the alarm bells started ringing again. Um, yeah, and, Char- Charlie was looking in the mirror. She's like, "Well, where's Ben?" I'm like, "Well, if everything was okay, or if he just, I, I just figured you just decided to go home, which is no big deal." Yeah, and I was like, "He would definitely be right behind me if he was into this." Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like his car. And the way he drives, he would be with us. So either something happened, or he just chose to go home. I just assumed he chose to go home, which is fine. Nah. So I, I, I was like, I looked down on my on ways, and I was just like, oh, you know what? If I just press home now, I could probably just turn around real quick. So I just put it back into drive and settled back with the rest of the uh, utility drivers and just headed yeah. home. Yeah, we just did SoCal San Jose to Summit, and then Summit straight to Seventeen. Yeah, nothing too special. It was fun. It was it, there weren't many nice cars, honestly, which is fine. That I don't really care. But uh, it was a good, decent turnout. A lot of like really messed up, banged up, smashed up cars. <laughs> just <laughs> people who didn't give a shit, you know. Just yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, 
it was it's like people who actually drive versus yeah. like people that just go show to show and it was kind of interesting to see the people some of the younger guys who maybe don't have the means that are they just put everything they've got into these cars anyway and it's real culture for them like they really yeah. take their time and they really care and it's really fun to see that you know yeah some of the stuff they did was pretty crazy it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of like hardcore customization and yeah a lot of home fabricating which is yeah, I'm all about what that. What was that Corvette motor that we saw? Inside yeah, it was that? like an LS or an LT something inside of a Nissan 240SX. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like really well integrated. It, I mean, the car itself was destroyed, which I think was kind of by design. But the motor integration and the transmission and everything was just really well done. And they had like 45-degree cool. camber on the wheels, you know, and the crazy <laughs> thing. The the tires were like five sizes too small, too small for, for the, the rim. rim. Yeah, <laughs> the rim's of, like sticking out an inch. A lot of peak and poke. Yeah, yeah, peak and poke. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I always enjoy kind of just seeing like the random stuff that comes out to that particular show because I think again, that audience is a different audience yeah. than like even the cars and coffee we were at on Saturday, which, well, that I was at, which was our normal Silicon Valley motor club thing, but it was low turnout and it was another new Porsche explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm again, I'm just kind of over that. <laughs> I, I, I was, say. I was, uh, like, I feel bad saying that, but I'm just kind of over it. I saw that. I saw their pictures on Instagram and I, and you'd mentioned it as well that that the five twelve BBI was there. Um, and I, w- I would have liked to have seen that again. Yeah. That's a nice car. Yeah. It's in really great shape. Yeah. And there was like another Ferrari there. I had a random question about Ferraris because I know nothing about them. Although the other day I was after the like looking up about the 512 because I didn't know that that was a flat motor, even though you were like, well, it's a Berlinetta Boxster, which I, or Boxer, which I'd read about. And which sent me on another path to just look at different Ferrari motors and different like architectures of the cars. Why are like the front engine cars so cheap? <laughs> like they all depreciate. I don't get that. And the rear, mid rear engine ones don't. So that well, two fifty GTO does def- does definitely not depreciate. Well, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking within reason. Like the ones that were built in the eighties, nineties, and in this century, all yeah can I, be had for a lot less. Here's the interesting thing. I learned. I think I think I mentioned this last week, but I learned recently that it it took an awful lot of convincing to get Enzo to change his mind about where the engine should be in the car. So where he, did Enzo think the engine should be in the front? Fascinating. I, I, and so I think I'm right in saying this. I I read or saw this, so that's why all of those early cars. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody was really putting engines in the back of cars at that point but like all of those 250s and all of the all of the like through the 70s all of those cars were like front engine mm. daytonas and yeah stuff. um and then eventually somebody you know convinced him to to try it and then that started with like the dino and stuff and then um the 308 gt4 and then 308 but there is an element uh, that, like in in the modern-ish Ferrari world, 
that that the balance of mid-engine is is optimal and that somehow a front engine modern ferrari is not a purist sports car because of the balance Mm. and then it's more of a gt car right which i mean i i kind of get i don't think that i think a lot of people that are buying the 812 super fast right now probably don't think that's a touring car right (laughs) um so uh, i i don't know i mean i think you can totally get the balance right with an engine in the front for sure yeah the mid front right so uh but i think it's a perception thing that like if you want the purest balanced mid-engine experience then or if you want that like the that kind of sports car experience it has to be mid-engine versus if you're buying a luxury you know gt like a, a california for instance or a 550 or you know, even the 812 or and you know and all of those cars or yeah, or the FF or, you know, any of those kind of touring cars that you're somehow saying I'm buying this because I, I don't want a quote sports car. Right. I want right. a touring car. Yeah. And I don't so, know, and so that's, at... that's all about image and perception. It's just like, just like, just like all those people you see driving mid engine Ferraris that you, you know, they want you to think, Oh, I'm driving a sports car, even if they never actually drive it like a sports car. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. You said uh, mid front. What does that mean? So, like, <laughs> never the heard S- that. The S two thousand is a mid front, so the engine's tucked up under the cowl, and there's a bunch of dead space between the front bumper and the front of the block. I see. If you put this, it's, this is fascinating. If you put um, David's M five next to my car, then you see that the the mass of the engine is behind the front wheel behind the for front, his car for his cars and, and, mo- and almost all bmws like the mass of the engine is tucked in before the front axle gotcha whereas you look at my car and there's there's mass of the engine over the top of the the front axle i've heard that about audi that they put the weight far up front yep was there a theory behind that with audi they're saying this is the best way to build a car i, I mean, don't i don't think it's deliberate in terms of like a choice. I think that's just the design. Gotcha. I think they do that deliberately. But because of the front wheel drive yes. part? Yeah. Yeah. Because most Audis bias, not the R's or the RS's, they don't bias towards the front wheels, but any of the A's, the that's true. TT, the Q's, any of those bias, they're, they're kind of front wheel drive with rear wheel assist. Kind of like Honda is, you know, even the top of the line civic or whatever is still front wheel drive. Cause they've just figured out the driving dynamics with a front wheel drive car and they've optimized for that. So they don't need to do rear wheel drive on like the civic type R as an example, because they can make it handle with the weight balance at the front. I guess VW is kind of in the middle. You know? VW is just like Audi. They is put it? it, they bias towards the front because most of the cars are packaged for the front wheel drive and it doesn't affect the GTI as an example. GTI is very easy to drive through twisties fast, but like the R with the all wheel drive, it, it does the same thing. It, it splits the, the torque between the front and the rear and it's biased towards the front and, you know, can get to a 50, 50 split, I think, but not, not all of the Audis are 50, 50 split. Some of them are biased again, like the a, for etc is biased towards the front 
I have always like surprised how balanced and how well the 911 handles with the engine being way back there, all that weight that the engine represents, you know, and it's like, what exactly is weighing in the front? I mean, yeah, you've got suspension, you've got some body work, you've got your radiators, you've got a gas tank, I guess, but it's like, how does it feel so planted? It's just, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. Like logically, it doesn't right. make a lot of sense. I, I would love you to get behind the wheel of the 74. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't driven that car yet. Um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see if you just took off and like didn't think about it and just tore into a corner. What would happen? Whether or not you notice a difference or not. Yeah. You have to rethink your driving style a lot, and it's not elegant. I'll say that. <laughs> like it is not precision. It is hammer the thing through the apex and don't let off because if you let off you will spin i mean not in that car because it's the tire section width in the back and the front is so wide that the mechanical grip far exceeds probably the speed that you could throw the car into a corner but i've seen them spin and it's like a pendulum like there's so much weight in the back it just whips you around with the new porsches they've done a bunch to the I mean, your car has rear wheel steer, so that's one thing that they've done. They've also done, they have torque vectoring and everything that you could throw at that problem. They've also moved the engine further into the passenger compartment than the air cooled are. So it's it's less hanging out over the back than it was. It's it's actually probably closer to like Ben's car where the the mass of the engine sits near the like where the axles come through and the they've done a bunch of things to integrate the engine closer to the transmission so that whole packaging has gotten much shorter so that helps that was also one of the reasons why on my car i spec the rear wheel steer because i figured they're doing that for a reason and it's not just to get you around the parking lot faster (laughs) so yeah that was one of the options i wanted I don't think I'd really appreciated how much mechanical geometry is is in like a modern suspension, mm-hmm. right? You, you know, you kind of look at your, your – I mean, I, I know it's dumb, right? But you like, kind of look at your model car, right? You, or even like your Lego car, right? And you go, oh, that's a, spe- that's a suspension. And in my tiny little brain, I sort of go, oh, well, like in a real car, it's just that but bigger, right? And it really isn't. Like like the variable geometry in a in a modern suspension that adjusts and adapts mechanically to the steering angle uh, is pretty is pretty astonishing. Yeah, when I when I first got the nine eleven and I had the tires put on, I it was the first time I had seen the wheels off. You know, so I kind of like walked into America's tire, <laughs> like not got under the car, but you know, got on my knees for a second and like really took a close look at everything for the first time. And of course, I've seen it online and stuff, but to see it in person, it's like, okay, I, the, I've never seen anything like that before in a right. car. Yeah. Like there's, like you said, there's stuff I don't know what's going on there. No, that's why I look at the suspension on my car, like the front. Yeah. Which like, if, what the hell? Which is, yeah, I mean, the the front wheels are driven as well, and so, like you're, it's like, what is all of that stuff right. doing? <laughs> yeah, especially when I saw like the rear steering, you know, connectors and the way it, like the shaft <laughs> that that goes in and out of the car. Right. 
or the transmission. It's crazy. I mean, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I can't remember if, if new 911s are like what Honda, like Honda's big claim to fame in the 80s was like double wishbone <laughs> suspension. And I think 911s are a double wishbone design, but I, I, I don't know. That just means like an upper and lower control arm. It's got like these two forks basically that hold the wheel. And when the wheel moves, they kind of counter balance each other. It's not just, you know, like the BMW, it literally has, you know, an A arm and then the control arm. And then there's just a big McPherson strut with a spring on it. Right. That's it. Right. It's like, really really rudimentary and in the back it's a trailing arm connected to a subframe right and so the axle comes out and then there's like an arm that goes like this <laughs> and then again there's a another strut and a spring that sit at the front of that subframe basically so the subframe kind of gently moves left to right but you know if you're cornering to the left the right's going up they're not independent of each other at the subframe part of it like that structure is like one thing that moves like this wow which is interesting that you could keep that going in a curve but it does and the old 911 is even more rudimentary than that and in the front you know you have torsion bar so the spring is basically it's like a long stack of flat metal that's stacked up and it torques. It flexes back and forth when the wheels go back and it's really bizarre. And the first time I think I ever encountered that was on the Volkswagen bug. Cause they all have that same suspension. Porsche 914s, all, all the early air cold stuff is that same structure in the front. But. You had mentioned Legos before, and actually, I just finished that hypercar, that Peugeot hypercar. Yeah, and that is the suspension's really interesting. It just has one shock per axle, and it's in the middle of the car. Right, and each side uses the same strut. Mm, you know what I mean? Or the the same yeah. spring. Yeah, and shock, and the same thing in the rear. And the rear one is on the bottom of the car. The front one is on the top of the car. And I'm pretty sure that that's the way it is in real life because Lego's pretty good at replicating the actual dynamics of the so car. So it's literally itself. just two shocks. That's it. One in the front, one in the back. Yeah. Wow. And and, and you and it works just. It's independent. I mean, yeah. even though it's just one shock, you can see it works just like any other car. Huh. And then on the Formula One car, it's hidden under the front cowl, and they're facing. Yeah. Parallel to the road. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, they're yeah. not up and down. Yeah. No. They're, it's amazing. And the way they do it with their side by side, you know how it's designed. With just a little tiny, I guess, control arm, you know, just going into it and just that little connector right there. It's all hidden in the in the real F1 car. Do they call that push rod in, in F1? I think so. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's interesting how Lego pays attention to the actual geometry of these different types of cars. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So the car didn't work. <laughs> Back to that. Yes. Yeah. So what, what's the situation? Like what's the, what's the potential? Well, didn't you bring it into precision last week again? I did. So what happened? What was that meeting about? You know, I think in my rant last week, I'd said, you know, why can't I just take the car apart and take it to the technician at Audi to do the difficult bit? 
and then I'll put it back together. You mean it, drop the tran- transmission yourself? Yeah, or just like just not have to pay somebody for twenty hours of labor to disassemble pull, it, to I disassemble agree. it, and it's put it all back together. Madness. Um, so, funnily enough, when I when I did go and speak to uh, Brandon at Precision, he was like, "Listen, I'm going to take the car. I'm going to drive it over to um, Audi to talk to Eric, who's the service manager over there. Um, you know, and I'm going to talk to him about what the codes are and like, you know, what we what we actually need to do." And did he plug in and see the codes himself? No, they didn't plug in the codes, but I'd sent Brandon the codes. So okay, he like showed them to. Did you take like a live video of them popping up and stuff like that? Or? No, I scanned it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I sent him print out of the scan. Gotcha. Um, and he has no reason to not believe that. So, yeah. So, <laughs> the Audi service manager was like, "Oh, yeah, that's yeah, we know what that is," and and was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, no, there's a there's a technical service bulletin for that, a TSB for that. So, like, if it has these codes and they're in this order, it is 100% this issue." So, confirmed your worst fear. Con- yeah, indeed. Um, and, and the the I mean, the fix is uh, a solenoid. Which is inside that selector, the, the gear drive selector thing, uh, and then like completely not knowing that we'd had this conversation, of course, um, Brandon was just like, "Well, we're going to try and figure out like how we can do this. So if we, a precision, do the labor to take the transmission out, and then we take it out and take it over to Audi, and then they do the repair on the transition on the transmission with the you know with the part that that we need to do it." And then we bring it back and put it all back in the car. <laughs> that that could end up, <coughs> you know, that could end up being cost effective. I mean, I had I have questions about that. Like, so like if something goes yeah. wrong again, who's, who's responsible? Who's responsible for yeah, it? Good question. Um, well, why why are are they not comfortable rebuilding the transmission over precision? I think you know between them the discussion they had. Eric said, oh, "I have a technician here who's done a ton of these." Okay. Now it's probably safe to assume that Precision have never done a single one. Gotcha. Well, Ta- taking a transmission out, sure. Like done a transmission service, sure. Sure. So, you know, disassembled the transmission down to its components and replaced a component deep inside it, probably not. Yeah. I mean, you've been to Precision, right? Yep. It doesn't look like a like a You can't eat off the Ferrari F1 clean room surgery. Yep. And that really is what you need. I don't really care so much about that as long as they're as long as they can be careful when they need to. What yeah. I'm more much more interested in is somebody that's like done like a bunch of this exact yeah. repair. Yeah, you want right. the brain surgeon who's actually done brain surgery, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't need to be paying Audi service center daily rate, no, uh, hourly rate for yeah, just to fucking unbolt a transmission. So. But they are going to charge you their rate to do the actual rebuild. I don't know yet, so I don't. I don't know what. what I don't know what they're going to come up with. Okay, so are they working on an estimate for you right they now? They are. Yes. Okay. But you know, Brandon goes over and talks to Eric, and you know, he says, "Hey, so I got this. I got this. This guy Ben with RS five, and Eric's like, oh, yeah, I know, I know Ben. You know, he, he, we had his car in here before.' And so Brandon's like, "Yeah, you know, it's you know, let's let's see what we can figure out here." He's a customer of ours. He's a customer of yours. Let's see what we can do. So, that's good. 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 I mean, that's the best case scenario. At least they know who you are. That helps. Yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed that it's not ridiculous. I did call this afternoon because it's Wednesday already. So I was like, I um, wanted to see if I can get an update. And that was Friday, the last time you guys talked, yeah. kind of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't see why it would take that long for them to just be like, here's what we're going to do. Mm, yeah, it but, shouldn't. You know, it's kind of weird. But 
I mean, I'm prepared to wait. It's just like, hey, well, so we're going to fit you in when we can fit you in and we're going to charge you this. I'll be like, all right, fine. Yeah. I'm just glad it's drivable in the meantime. That would suck if it was just bricked. Oh, yeah. That would be a different story. Yeah. What would you do if it was bricked? I'd probably just have to take it to them and say, let's get this fixed. Mm. I'll be driving that e-tron until. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing. If I take it, If I take it to the dealership, you know the dealer service place. I'll get a loaner and all that good stuff. Etron, yeah. Etron it up. If you take it to Precision, you'll get a loaner. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they have that car anymore. What? They, may, they may have run that car into the ground. Damn. Did, didn't Lindsay drive that car uh, once? Something like that. Yeah, like yeah. Once. I think I remembered yeah. laughing about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Passat wagon that we're talking about. That's been stickered up. An old Passat wagon. I was gonna say yes. Yeah, that must be like fifteen years yeah. old. Oh, at, at least, least. that's like a two thousand six or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I, know, I I know this. I, all right, I'm just gonna say it. I'm actually quite enjoying the knowledge that I can. The only thing I can do is just drive like a sensible person. <laughs> well, you've that's, answered that's, that question. That's what, new for you. What your kids are gonna do when they're in a car that's being driven by a sensible <laughs> adult? Yeah. Yeah. You now have that answer. Yep. <laughs> they're probably just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. That's Tynes. Good times. <laughs> I had fun on uh, Saturday. No, Sunday. We were coming back. Alex is just like, why is this thing so loud? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it sounds like there's like a jet engine inside the car. Yeah. It's like, you don't enjoy that? And he's like, it's fine, I guess. So supportive. Jesus, so. Alex. Get a grip, man. Yeah. <laughs> Such a hater. Seriously. And then he saw Jeff's car. I'm like, that's what I'm getting. He's all, that exact car? It's like, well, it's going to be slightly different. He's like, but that's basically the car that you're getting. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, color is the same. So. Yeah, he got that. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But, like, the fact that he's got the exact same car that you are getting. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know him. <laughs> he's, but I mean, he literally was just like, like, how exclusive is it if he's got the exact same car? Oh my gosh! And really? I was like, you're still on this like GT4 thing exclusivity, and he's like, well, I mean, there were only a limited number made. I'm like, I guarantee you, there's less of the the T's being made, and they're about to switch the model over to the 992.2. So you know, yep, it's kind of the last of. Wait, isn't that what yours is? No, it's no. a 992.1. Now it's a point one. Before it was just a 992. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but that was funny. But when I left here last week, we were, I think we were talking on the last podcast, it's in production. Yeah. And then I got home and, hey, there's an update. It's out of production, and I got photos. Nice. Yeah. And then yeah. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> Were you just excited? Yeah, I was up for a while. I was like, that's oh, awesome. So cool. <laughs> I like how it gave the mileage. It was like, your car is 5,700 miles from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? It, 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 it has yeah, like a GPS it locator it's, on it's it. How far away it's got an air tag on it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, I, I mean, they <laughs> moved it from. Stuttgart to whatever German port and now the map shows it's like was here now here nice that's even further away <laughs> yeah but 
remember we were trying to figure out the path that it was going to take? Yeah. It's going straight through the Panama Canal and coming to the West Coast. So it will not make a stop on the East Coast. Got it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it doesn't show like LA. It shows San Francisco. So I'm assuming that means like Oakland or the East Bay or something. I wonder if they'll send you updates while it's on the ship. I think they're supposed to. Wow. It has an air tag like, on like it. What restaurant it's eating? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's all it's, it's hanging out at the pool today. Yeah. It's hanging out with five other nine elevens yeah. and a Lamborghini. No, it got it got pizza on the Lido deck again. <laughs> Damn it. I think it's getting shrimp cocktail for dinner tonight. There was a there was a whole like there was a whole scene last night, like your car and a bunch of other cars. Yeah. They were all mixing it up. Yeah. And now your car doesn't have hubcaps. Yep. I would imagine you need to get it tested when you pick the car up. <laughs> it's been a real party on this yeah, vessel. Yeah, well, hopefully somebody scrubs scrubs hard. <laughs> I'd imagine five weeks. Well, well, yeah, actually, you said December 20th. It's it's now December 23rd, Evan. <laughs> oh, okay. But I could picture, I mean, okay, two weeks to the Panama Canal, probably. F- At least. Yeah, At and then least. you got to wait to get on the pan- Once you're in the canal, I would imagine you're through it in a day, not even. And then, I don't know. I think things move pretty slow through the canal. I've been on the canal. And Have you now? I, I went through it and then back through it. Yeah. I did. You love going through the I canal. I did. And it was it was like a four-hour experience. Yes. Maybe five. To go you, how, many locks, how many locks did you go through? I think it was like four or five. Yeah, you did a, locks. You did a canal trip? It was fascinating. Yeah, I really yeah. liked that. It was cool. You know what I found the most fascinating about that experience was seeing some guys like solo some guys with a couple people on their boats in these little sailboats yeah. with these flags from, you know, Australia or even Germany. I saw one that have clearly been like sailing around the world in these little like 40, 50 foot, I shouldn't say little, but you know, pretty nice sailboats. And some of them weren't so nice, but they're from all over the world and they're just making their way through the Panama Canal. And you know, they're what five stories below me. Right. Yeah. While I'm yeah. sitting in this giant, you yeah. know, boat. It's crazy. And it's like, holy shit, they're just sandwiched up in between there. It's pretty fascinating. Well, even even in Seattle, like the Ballard locks to go between the sound and the lake, you see that too. I mean, not cruise ships, but fairly sizable boats and then these little tiny boats yep. like next to it. And you're just like, that just feels really oh, weird. It's totally bizarre. Yeah. And then um, I, I've only been on one cruise in my life. This wasn't it, but I was on a boat going through the Panama Canal, and it wasn't a cruise ship, but they cruise ships were going by us, and then all the pilot boats, because the pi- you have to have a specific pilot just yeah. to go through the canal. And these guys jumping on and off of these boats that are going like 20 knots, nobody slows down. They don't stop. You know, They just keep going. Yeah. And they're jumping on and off, climbing these like ladders and stuff on the side of the boat to get into like the little cubby hole. It's crazy. Did anybody take a duck to the face at 20 knots? I didn't see that. Hmm. <laughs> Darn it. But yeah, speaking pretty of, fascinating. Speaking of duck to the face. <laughs> Where's this going to go? <laughs> it's going back to the car. Oh. So the car has Michelin tires on it. I was super excited about that. Oh. Yeah. And you didn't get to specify that? They just no. did that? That's cool. That's no, a shift for that. Porsche. That's a change then. then. Yeah. Mm. They well, did. They definitely did P0 before that. What's well, Jeff well, going to Jeff's car? car has, I want to say, good years. I really? think that that's true. Like F1s or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what he had on his. My, I, I my car came with I didn't even. I didn't, like, mentally... That didn't click on Sunday, but I do remember looking at the tires, and I, and I was like, oh, I just probably looked and went, oh, good years. Yeah. I didn't go, oh, that's odd. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I wonder how that works. I assume they just have contracts. They must. They must, you know, have some sort of production run. And when they're out of tires, like they've got a di- another supplier, like anything yeah. else. Like just in sequence right. supplying. Yep, yep. They're like, so oh, which, Michelin. Which, good, which tire? The 4S. Is it? But they didn't give you the option to choose, right? No, they didn't. They didn't even give me a summer, or, you know, extreme summer performance or all season or anything. They just. This is it. Yeah. I'm assuming that most 911s or Caymans or Boxsters all come with a summer tire on them because they don't expect that you're going to be out driving like a jackass during winter. Yeah. I'm hoping to be driving like a jackass during winter. <laughs> you will You will be. I guarantee it. Yeah. And I'll be right behind you. I'm taking a lot of time off work. So it was like, well, if I'm going to be off for like two weeks at the end of the year or three weeks at the end of the year, it'd be great to have the car. So so she went with me to Cars and Coffee, and she went in the uh, the Carrera. Oh, how and was it, that? Yeah, I mean, I think she was surprised that it wasn't as abusive as I think she thought it was going to be. I okay. think she thought it was going to be cold and nasty smelling, and you know, and she's like, "Yeah, it doesn't sink like gas in here." I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of a BMW thing, <laughs> right?" Um, and she was surprised. I think we got there and back, and there was not a lot of drama and it drove like a normal car. And, and then I reminded her it was exactly as old as she is. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, when we were leaving the cars and coffee, she's like, why are there so many Porsches? Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. So there is an explanation for that one more than 70% of all of the cars they've ever made are still on the road. She's like, that's incredible. Yeah. It's the same thing. Amazing stuff. It's incredible. And I was like, I think people get them and they value them. You know, they're not cheap to buy and they're valued from the time that you buy them. So people take care of them. They maintain them. But to all the points that you made, they're so, for what they are, in some ways, kind of rudimentary, but engineered to continue to work. They're not particularly fragile. So you're getting... A rational, you're getting 90% the performance of a supercar at a half or a quarter the cost. And, you know, they've made a ton of them. Yeah. There's just a lot of them out there. So, like, you're going to see them show up at events and cars and coffee and everything else because there's just so many more of them out there than, say, Ferraris or Lamborghinis or any other random. I mean, I think, yes, I would just add. I mean, I think they they are aspirational, right? A lot of yeah, a lot of, a lot of ki- way. A lot of kids that had that picture and poster on their wall. Yeah, right? absolutely. So when they you know when they are able to buy one, that's what they want to buy. I'm I mean, you guys notwithstanding, I've known a lot of people that it, like that's been their aspirational thing. It's like oh, one day I'm gonna be I'm gonna get a Porsche and yeah, and then they've made it happen and yeah, I was one of those people, but I uh, I I never I've gotten close, but I've never bought my aspirational Porsche. Right. Not until now? Not, nope, even not now. Oh, oh wh- what's that? What? Which one was the car that I had the poster of that I'm like, someday? What's yeah. your aspirational Porsche? You are, you are like the Porsche guy. Like I, I'm, I'm amazed we don't already know this. 
Right, exactly. That's I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was like, how do we not know this? <laughs> how do how do we, I think maybe because you've spread your Porsche love so wide. <laughs> We're like there can't be like a singular Grail Porsche. Yeah, there is a singular. If sing- I knew enough of the numbers, I would guess, but I really don't. It it's it's probably going to surprise you. Okay, let's hear it. I'm assuming it's like uh early 90s, late 80s kind of thing, turbo. Uh, I think all those things would be true. Okay. But I don't know the numbers of those cars. Nine, nine, yeah. Nine, it's not nine. a 911. I was going to oh, say. Oh, it's not a 911. I, I don't, I was going to say, I don't think it's a 911. Gotcha. I see. It's the 944 Turbo. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In red. Well, didn't you have something close to that? What, what did you I had have? the 968, which was, <laughs> it's just everything that's wrong about Porsche. Um, <laughs> I mean, truly, it's like you want to take all of the things that people praise Porsche about and all of the things that Clarkson and others would have like criticized Porsche about and ram it together. The 968 was that it was like. It was claimed to be some number like 60 to 80 percent brand new car, but essentially was a 944 with the back redone in the front of a 928 basically so it just looked weird it was a completely oddball proportion didn't we see a couple of those yeah we've seen them at, they've got uh, the pop-up headlights that are exposed at works yeah yeah we saw one at works but there was one at an event that we were at recently and it was I don't know. I still like they have not aged well in my mind. Yeah. Like I'm not like, oh yeah, now I get it and I would totally drive one of those. Right. All right, so the nine forty four turbo, is that like have a hood scoop on it, kind of off to one side? Nope. It's uh what, what is what is that? I mean I kinda know what it looks like. I know what a nine forty four looks like. I mean it looks like a nine forty four. It's just smoother in the front and it's got like right at the front bumper there's like an extra line of venting if you will for the i don't know if it's for the intercoolers or just to flow more air over the radiator but it looks like any other 944 it's just a little bit lower and a little bit more aggressive looking so it's probably got like some fender flares on the rear or something like that no really no the 944s are all same body okay yeah they didn't really do anything they just like it's almost like Impact bumper Porsche 911 versus non-impact bumper. It's smoother in the front, and the back end is almost the same. It just has like an extra bit of arrow underneath the bumper. Are they super hard to find? No, I could get one for like twenty four grand. Oh, so what's the holdup, bro? <laughs> I'm I'm just saying I've never gotten around to that car. Like you could I, you could sell the uh, the BMW and make I could a move. Sell the BMW yeah. and get myself a. And, and pocket a lot of turbo yeah, and pocket some cash at the same time yeah, probably and so okay what's the engine in that is it a v8 no it's a inline four 2.5 or 2.7 i don't i don't remember in like they changed it to it a little bit but um i think it might be a 2.5 and it's got one turbo on it one turbo yeah what's yeah. the horsepower you think on that like 250 maybe yeah 250 260 so red yeah it'd have to be red. oh yeah i think that's kind of the only <laughs> option for that so yeah with the uh the black fuchs oh yeah kind of like what's on the 911 but just 
Blacked out. On a 944 and blacked out. Yep. That'd be pretty cool. That would be kind of dope, but... Yeah. I could picture your garage with the, with those three. The Carrera, right. the new one, and then that in there. Oh, my God. But the... Uh, so sick. Like, if you were in my garage above <clears throat> the windows are legitimately the two poster. One is a black 944 and one is a red 944 turbo. And they, it was an ad that was like folded out in magazines. And the back of the ad was the, which is the thing that you see first when you open up the magazine was the regular 944. And basically the ad was something along the lines of like, you know, the 944 just got better and you open it up and it's like the turbo. Nice. So that's the actual ads that I've toted around since high school are tacked up above the window in my garage. I want to make a point of seeing that next time I'm over. They're always like this because for some reason the frames don't sit quite right. So they always are kind of on a jaunty angle. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Jaunty. That's one of my favorite words. Jaunty angle. Yeah. You picked up on that too. Yeah. I love that word. Jaunty. (laughs) Karen always uses it in reference to clothing. She's like, oh, I like your jaunty hat or your jaunty scarf. <laughs> I really, really know what that means exactly. But yeah. Like, it's just a cute afterthought, I guess. It's like a goofy little thing. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, what, one last thing on the 944. I wonder what would oh, happen if I drove a 944 and was like, this is the best driving Porsche ever. <laughs> and then you're just like, fuck, all the other ones are stupid. <laughs> this $24,000, like... <sighs> 80s 944 yeah. is the thing that I, I want to own. Never know. I mean, the 968 handled incredibly well. It just was not easy to drive. It had a big, giant three-liter, four-cylinder, obviously, NA motor that it's kind of dumb because it you had to drive that the exact way that you drove the S2000. I just, it, I had that. 15 years before the S2000 and didn't realize that the whole point was beat the shit out of it. <laughs> and probably with a Porsche, it wouldn't have lasted as long as an S2000, but so I, I have a, 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 one observation yeah, and a question. Evan, you made me think of something and I think you've missed a trick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what color is the 74? You want the actual color? Sure. Like the name of the color? Oh god! Because I don't want to just say, "Oh, it's red," right? But uh, it's it, it's not guards. It's I know not that. Guards. I know that. No, it's it's more of an orangey red. I don't know what. Kind of, <clears throat> I, I, it's in the paperwork, but yeah. You should have ordered the tea in that color. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I looked at all the different reds. <laughs> I, I went through a phase where I'm like red, because you know. But that has appeal in one in one dimension only. You what? sitting in the garage right and i i don't want a daily yeah a brand new red porsche like so then then that was my observation yeah my question was did you all see the auction of the porsche collection which was like one of every porsche were they all white and they were all white yeah no i saw it where was that (laughs) it's called the white collection wow Uh, unsurprisingly yeah (laughs) name is what it is and like i just that's what i thought of when you said like having the three cars yeah they're all red and i was like oh but you you'd have to order the tea in the same red yeah where did those cars come from where who who owned all those cars i don't i don't do we know who owned them or is it just like anonymous collector it was some 
incredibly wealthy collector and like and it was like every variant yeah and like every color every variant but always white wow weird and like everything in that his did you see photos of his actual like facility or whatever i saw like i can remember seeing like a warehouse photo yeah everything's white yep it's crazy and where was it auctioned do you know i think it was sotheby's wasn't it yeah i don't know wow was that recent i wonder if the guy passed away or something um, I mean, look it up. You can if you just if you just Google like yeah yeah I'm curious Porsche white collection you'll see it straight away. Yeah, but nice. he had like everything. He was not. He didn't have the one of one hundred. He did not. <laughs> Although he probably had something very similar to it if he's got one of each one. But um, he didn't just collect cars. He collected everything like ads, literature, posters. Wow! Like you name it, and he had it, and he had. The photos that I saw of his facility, he had an entire, I, I can't remember what he called it, but essentially it was like a like a codec library where it was just a gigantic room of like filing cabinets and flat files of like all of this old like Porsche stuff. Wow. So he was trying to get all of the, you know, dealer advertisements, all of the like technical bullet, like anything that came from the factory, he was collecting it. Crazy. Yeah. Now, you remember we were talking about the Ford guy ordering his car in McLaren Orange? <laughs> yes. And like nobody else is allowed to order order the car in McLaren Orange? Yes. I mean, for that guy, Porsche should just say, you know what? Nobody else can order this color white car. <laughs> this is your color. You've bought like a hundred Porsches yeah. like, over the years. You like, now have your own color. You have your own yeah, color. Mark, yeah. Mark's white or whatever coded his name that. is. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else can buy yeah. it. That, that would be okay. That would be okay. You've supported us enough. <laughs> yeah. Here's your gift. Yeah. Johnny Lawrence white. For all we know, they may have already done that. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Or you know you could, yeah you could it's his own color but you could buy that color you could be like I want to I want to have his color with his permission yeah right <laughs> you have to you have to give him a check for ten grand <laughs> no no not not a royalty but like hey so uh, we have a customer here and they yeah. want Johnny Lawrence White yeah oh speaking of a check just while I'm thinking of this my father in law remember I told you last week how I put up that the truck the yeah the dump truck the dually yeah for sale so he sold it uh-huh. and he got. He wanted 19.5, but I looked up a lot of trucks after that, and I, I was like, they're going for way less than that. Like, what were they going for? Like between seven and I 12. I thought you were, might say seven. Yeah. And, and, you know, up there, it is a cool engine. It's, it is kind of a rare motor, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the bottom line is look, it's an old dump truck from 95. It's just not worth that much, which I didn't really know, but I educated myself a bit about it after we posted the ad. And somebody offered him 16, then they went back and forth, and he came out to 14, and he's like, what should I do? I'm like, I would take it. I'm like, from what I've seen, just take it. Yeah. Just be happy with what you got, and done deal. Three days, you know, three days on Craigslist, and it's gone. Great. So he did. Yesterday, I opened the mail. He gives me a check for 1400 bucks, And I was like, I texted him, I was like, what's this for? And he's like, that's your 10% fee for helping me post the ad and whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I greatly appreciate that, but I can't accept it. I ripped it up. I was like, I can't accept it. I'm like, you do so much for me. You know, as my father-in-law, you take me on trips. Yeah. I've never paid cool. for a meal. So thank you, but I can't accept that. So if anything, I like looking for opportunities to be able to pay you back with these little things that sure. I can do for you, these yeah. physical little you know, chores that you like me to do. 
So, but it was just pretty cool that he thought to throw me 10% without even yeah, saying anything. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's really yeah. awesome. Anyway, he insisted. And I was like, too late. Already shredded it. So, did the guy uh, talk about the virtues of the power stroke? He bat- probably did. I don't know. Or whatever it's called. I don't know. He drove over from Sacramento, which was like two and a half hours away. I'm like, oh, he must be serious. That's not one of those ones when Ford went through that phase of like everything was rounded, right? No, it's got edges on it. It's square. Yeah. 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 The ones, the roundy ones, like when they went through that phase of like everything's round. Yeah, I hated that. It just looks weird. It looked really cheesy. It looked like everything looked like the Taurus. Ugh. You know? Oh, oh my God. It's the worst. My SHO. My cousin got one of those just all his kids around when they were like roughly our kids' age. And he. It's just like, I hate this car with like every fiber of my being. I'm like, then why did you get it? He's like, my wife really wanted a station wagon and, you know. Oh, the wagon version. That's oh, even worse. Oh, yeah. Ugh. It was uh, wood paneled on the oh, Fake wood paneled on the, the side. The ugliest car ever made. Yeah. yeah. He called it, because his wife Sandy wanted it so much, he called it the Clytoris. <laughs> yeah. He owned the Clytoris for about... <laughs> Clyde. I think two or three years, just long enough to get his kid through middle school or something. And then as soon as he could get rid of it, he got rid of it. And then remember that the Lincoln Mark Eight, the black thing that went yeah. by? And I was like, my cousin had one of those. Super long. Yeah. He sold the Clyde Taurus and got a Lincoln Mark Eight. Gee, I don't know if that's a set step up or down. I think it was it's lateral. It's a lateral move. It was it was a pimp move that ended up just being kind of lame. Yeah, that car was Uggs. Yeah. His had like the air suspension, and I mean, it's just such a nightmare. My uh, ex girlfriend from college, her grandfather gave her parents one of those, and her parents like immediately turned around and sold it. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I was like, when my dad tries to, tries to get me at my first car, and he wanted to get me an Aries K. I've mentioned that like on one of our first podcasts, and I was like, I would rather ride a bicycle. It's like, this is not happening. Yeah. Everybody's going to think I'm a cop. <laughs> Back then, that was like the cop car. Or a G-man, or working for oh, the IRS, yeah, exactly. or the post office. Or a Jehovah's Witness or something. Something terrible. <laughs> yeah. My roommate from college, like, he bought my Mark One GTI, owned it for like two weeks, and like ran it in the back of somebody else. And his dad was quick to the rescue with some, like... The Aries was basically everything that Dodge made, right? Like, it was the Omni. And and so he shows back up to school after Christmas break with essentially Dodge's completely ghetto-busted take on the Scirocco, like whatever that thing was. And it was basically... A duster. Was it a dust? No, no, that that's a Dodge. A Plymouth. Plymouth Duster. Oh, yeah, Plymouth Duster. Yeah, yeah. I, it was one of those things, but anyway, it was just like this angular nonsense that was basically a Dodge Omni with like a long back. I was like, what has your dad done? Ugh. And it was just like, yeah, he's like, this is it. This is like the replacement for the GTI. I was like, no, the replacement for a GTI is another GTI. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right. it, it's not like this thing broke the bank for you to buy for like 3k off me you know you could just go get another one of these like they're everywhere that's pretty much what i learned to drive a stick shift in is my my brother really wanted a mustang and 
back then they had the really ugly Mustang. I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was like a, the fastback Mustang from the eighties. And Mustang um, two, I guess I don't really know. But uh, anyway, so he comes home one day, my brother from school, and there's a Plymouth Duster Burgundy sitting in the garage, and we're both like, <gasps> like no, like Burgundy. what is this monstrosity? Yeah. And yeah, the car. I'm sure you nailed it. I think that's exactly what he ended up getting. Yeah, the car was a total piece. Yeah, it was like blue and silver. It was just like, what the fuck? Fucking nightmare. <laughs> and he got in, and everything was like blue velour. Yeah, like I mean, the velour Volkswagen, the word, the Volkswagen yeah. kind of had velour, but it was more like <sighs> it was more like an airplane seat from you know a United plane. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. A fucking, that's giving me flashbacks to Sirocco's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was looking at I. I was looking at those last weekend. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was like, ooh, sixteen valve, like LAS. <laughs> well, the eighty-two, the early eighties ones. I think those are freaking hot. Yeah, the, well, like the late seventies to the year, like the yeah. the name the Italian designer Jaro. There you go. Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so wait, you guys had the Corrado. Oh yeah, yeah. We were just oh, yeah. we saw one at the show. And we were yeah. saying we yeah. wish they made a new I, one. I've always wanted one of those. Yeah, love that car. Yeah, beautiful car. Yeah, I think it's a great. It's a great. Right between the Scirocco and the GTI, kind yeah. of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the best of both worlds. Well, Ben, I may need a new car. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you you could spend eight grand on a new transmission, or <laughs> right. Let me present to you the black VR6. I think it may have had a supercharger on it. Corrado. Yeah. Everything straight. The body has a few scratches, which I'm sure you could buff out. <laughs> 8k wow yeah did you actually see this vehicle it's 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 on ebay right now nice. and i was like oh it's nearby too <laughs> is it <laughs> it is i mean what's the last year they made a corrado 93 94 yeah. yeah it's pretty old yeah well that one we saw at the show was pretty decent looking yeah that's that was almost exactly like the one that i saw yeah. on ebay and that last model with the vr motor I think was faster than a Porsche 944. Wow. So I, I could have sworn that. I think we talked about this at the meet, but I was like, didn't they, weren't they close to making a newer model of the Corrado? They kept talking about like doing 10 it. years ago or something. Oh, they haven't, they have a Mark three Scirocco. Maybe that's what I was thinking. The Scirocco, but, but they only, only in, made that for only a short amount of time. Only in Europe. Yeah. 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 yeah and mean, I've seen it actually. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. They're all over the UK. They get the They're cool stuff the over there. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, yeah, with the the opportunity to have one of those, I would definitely yeah. jump on that. I think Canada got them too, the Scirocco's. We don't get anything cool. We never got the two door A3s. Charger. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, every time I see one of those, I'm just like, oh, this is so miserable. And wagons. There's just not many cool wagons here. Yeah, they got the RS6, but like, that's about it. They stopped making the. 5 Series Wagon BMW, which I uh, love. Mercedes E63S. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a yeah, hell of a car. Hell it of a is, car. right. It's expensive as shit, though. Yeah. It's yeah. like 175 grand or something like that. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, it's ridiculous. But they come down in price pretty quick. Yeah. There's one in my building, or maybe two. Good-looking car. Yeah. I think the C63S Coupe, you can get one of those for about eight grand. <laughs> <laughs> I think Charles's car's worth about eight grand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Charles is like, it's got 30 whole miles on it. Yep. Eight grand. <laughs> it's had nine oil changes. <laughs> <laughs> I've done the plugs. 
Yeah. I have so much oil at my house right now. I feel like 16 quarts of oil because Wait, I... Do, what are you lubing, girl? I'm changing all the oil in all my... This is the time of the year, October. Is it, is it oil, oil change season? It is. Yeah. Oil ben, change season. Ben's got shafts he needs oiled. Yeah. Why don't you bring some oil over? Oil is shafts. I, I just did an oil change as well. That was the annoying thing. On your car? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, well it shouldn't affect that. It doesn't. Yeah. Thank God you didn't do a transmission service. Yeah. Yeah. That was just last year. Yeah, that was last Oof. year. Yeah. I'm sure had you recently done a transmission service, they'd be blaming you. Oh, yeah, you probably fucked up something. So I always thought that I put, like, Valvoline in my old 1977 pickup truck. Like, just whatever oil, you know? nothing. I mean, I'd try to do whatever they had back then. Ren's oil. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Oil oil. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but I, I wasn't sure exactly when I changed the oil, and I kept forgetting. I don't keep good records. I'm horrible about that. And I went to O'Reilly's next to my house which I go to to buy oil. And I said, hey, can you look up when I last purchased a oil filter and some oil for this particular vehicle? He's like, yeah, it was August 2022. I said, great, that's just over a year ago. And apparently I bought Mobile One 530 for my old ass truck, which is fine, but... You're treating it special. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I was like, who did I think I was last year? Hey, like, I, listen, this year, girl, I'm going to shoot you right. Yeah. Seriously. You're going to get the good stuff. Yeah. And the weird thing was that- 530 weight. These two guys were hanging out, and I was like, well, they said, well, it doesn't need that fancy oil in there. And I go, I know. I'm surprised I did that You don't last need year. that fancy oil? That's pretty much what they said. Yeah, he's like, get the Orion's brand, you douche. So I said, I go, well, I don't think it's necessarily good to go from synthetic back to regular oil. I think that's wrong. Okay, well, they they said they didn't know. I'm like, how do you guys not know? I think <laughs> so. Here's, that was my reaction. Yeah, I rolled what, my eyes. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Here's what what I've heard. Okay, old cars like your truck, you're better off running a natural oil, like a Pennzoil, like just straight oil, non synthetic. Okay. Ideally. For something as old as your truck, you probably want something with high zinc content. Okay. Because that fills in, it it clings to whatever, like the iron block, it clings to the pores of the iron and kind of fills in. So what about combining, you know, I'm sure there's going to be, let's say, you know, the thing holds almost nine quarts. It's a giant 460 engine. So, so, like, so it, there's like, going to be a quart of synthetic in there. It's going to be. There's not going to be a quart after. You don't think so? No, no. no okay. No, I mean, if you leave it, if you let it drain, there's got to be like I don't know, two percent left. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, I wouldn't so worry about that. I already bought the oil. Should I go and return it and save save myself fifty bucks? Mobile One. It's like ninety dollars worth of oil. You know. Well, I would go look at the Valvoline. That is the high zinc content. Valvoline, if it's the same price, then yeah, I'd return then who cares? it. Yeah. Oh, if it's the same price, then return it? Yeah, why not? Well, if it's cheaper, then I should return it too. Yeah, sure. All right, so you think I should go back to regular oil? I truck? would. I oh, would. Okay. It just makes me uh, think, well, did you figure out that oil service analysis place? Yeah, fuck that. I thought it was free. If it ain't free, then fucking I don't want to pay them. <laughs> Why would it be free? No, I thought that you. I thought that you had done a lot of business with them or something. Oh. So you had like all these things, and you yeah, were like, the, the "Oh, I'll discount. give these." To, yeah, I, yeah, I'll give these to my friends. I these yeah. are already paid for, not by you, but like that they gave oh, you. You no, know no, what I mean? I literally just, thought that's what it was. No, they just sent me a load of those kits to to like say, "Hey, you know, 
I see. Test more oil. Test more I oil. thought that when you had the kit, that it was already paid for. Oh uh, no, no, no. Gotcha. Okay, it's like so thirty bucks. Oh, okay. See, if I, th- I was thinking it would be like one hundred and eighty bucks or something. No, no. Thirty bucks. Like, oh, okay, fine. Oil. It's like go look on their site because that that link that they put in the email. Yeah, well, it, it puts it, their phone number. I should just I'll just call them yeah, and be like, what do I do here? Yeah. Okay, so I can so, I can so give them that, my my credit card when information you, when you pull the synthetic out of the truck. Ah, get them to call them, figure out your figure out your account, get them to send you another test kit, and then test the oil that comes out of the the truck. And what do you think that's going to really tell me? It will definitely tell you whether or not like the the zinc is an issue. I see, because they because you obviously you already did it but you tell them which engine it is how old it is how old the oil is and then they go run all the analysis on it they'll be able to tell you how much iron is in that oil and so on and so on and so on gotcha i had to go do a bunch of research because they warn you like what what to use and what not to use in an air cooled motor and they're pretty specific about it gotcha so i end up having to use 2050 weight oil hmm and it's high zinc content oil for the air-cooled motor. And everybody says that's what you're supposed to do. Don't use synthetic. Don't, you know, they're like, Brad Penn, Brad Penn is the best. And if you can't get that, there's like a Valvoline that is a, like VR, Valvoline VR, which is 2050 weight with the high zinc. And then there's Schwepco. So yeah, I was in disbelief when I saw that I used Mobile One last year because I know that I've used Valvoline before. I still have leftover oil in the back of the truck, like the five gallon, the five quart thing. Yeah, that's filled with old Valvoline oil, and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, what what happened there? Yeah, I wonder if someone like sold me on the concept, or I don't know what happened. So I now have a bunch of different types of oil in my garage, which makes me kind of nuts. Yeah, it's like you must use mobile one in the Boxster and the Cayman was the same way. And it was like, okay, so I got a bunch of mobile one laying around and largely with the Boxster, I just have this feeling that the moment I change the oil, the entire car is going to fall apart. So I just top it off. <laughs> just like in the blues brothers where the car just disappears. <laughs> exactly. The fenders fall off. Yeah. The doors fall totally. off. Yeah. Totally. What did you do? I don't know. I just put different oil in it. <laughs> well, I mean, like when I got the car from my dad, it was leaking oil. And I was like, dude, what's going on with this? And he's like, I don't know. Like it wasn't leaking oil before. And I get under the, the car and like the, <laughs> Oil filter was like visibly loose. Oh I my was gosh! Like, and oh. it never leaked oil again. Right. <laughs> it's <was Yeah>. just <laughs> like it's good thing it didn't come done? off. What have you done? I, I I don't have lots of different oils kicking about, but I do have like there's a thing down there. I think it's like a yeah. You got the liquid molly over there. Yeah, because you so, were like a baller. And uh, all you have to do is just have like some fucking massive V8 that consumes oil, and you get rid of that shit pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean the air cold's burning through a quart probably every seven eight hundred miles so yeah see it's like you don't even have to change the oil in no that. that's what i'm saying you just keep <laughs> you just topping keep, it yeah, off <laughs> that's what i used to do in my old gti i just walk exactly. drive around with a case of oil and i never had to change the oil no every <laughs> honda like i've ever owned two stroke <laughs> seriously yeah that's smoke a, just coming that's out the back about every honda i've ever owned it was just like i'll just wait until the thing's like halfway down add two quarts and call it done i remember when i went on a 2000 mile motorcycle trip which actually wasn't that far considering the stuff i've done but i'm on this bike i paid 700 dollars for it it's a 750 1982 yamaha virago 
and I'm in Denver and we're leaving to drive to like San Francisco first or Seattle, sorry. And then I'm like 15 minutes from my house and I'm noticing that the gasket that is holding the oil filter in is leaking and it's dripping right onto my um, header. So it is like every time I stop at a light, is like a plume of smoke coming up. All I had to do was just like turn around and go back home and like fix it and then go on this road. I was going to be gone for two weeks on this road trip. And instead I was like, I'm good. And I just like left on the road trip and I never fixed it. I just kept adding oil and it was just dripping on top of the freaking thing. And I just, that that's like how I lived. It was ridiculous. Wow, man, you're crazy. Yeah, you I was are. crazy, dude. <laughs> Living yeah. on the edge. Yeah, that's good times. What's, yeah. what's that movie with Nicolas Cage with the motorcycle? Easy Rider? No. No, something on, Rider. Dude. But it's something Ghost Rider, Ghost, Ghost Rider. Rider. Yeah, that, that's who I was. Yeah. Except it was just the cheap, horrible, smelly version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>